good evening. Let's start off with Joel 29, actually. With all the times that we do this, I don't understand why it looks different each time, but it's fine. Job chapter 29 from verse 1. Can I have someone take a picture of this screen yeah, so that I can use it against them after? Thank you. <laughs> so let's look. I want to speak to you what I believe I'm hearing is, and I title tonight the seasons or seasons of lights. Not season of light. Not season of lights, but seasons of lights. And I want us to look into scripture so that we can allow the word of God to mobilize us. Again, pardon me, I just didn't feel like I wanted a crowded room today. So I had to keep it as brief notice as possible so that we're not crowded. So let's start with Job 29 from verse 1. Look at what Job said. Go on. Job continued his discourse. Job at this point, as you find it in scriptures, he has been tested. He's being tested. You know the story, so we don't need to run through that. But in short, Job, God was getting ready to expand, extend the territories of Job. And so allowed Satan to test him. What Satan wanted to prove to God is simply put, if Job will remove himself from leadership. Simple, in case you don't get the story. Satan one day, in fact, the Bible says that Job had children and in case his children sinned and cursed God, he would go and put offerings on their behalf. Immediately after, scripture said that Satan entered where the sons of God were and God asked him, where are you coming from? To which he responded, saying that I've been roaming to and fro the earth. And God brought his attention to his own servant. Because I was saying this to the house the other day. If God wants to prove his son, he allows there to be a test. If he wants to prove his son, there must be the process of discipline. We read the scriptures and we won't go there tonight. Maybe just ask someone for the, um, the voice note or whatever. But the scripture says that if you have not gone through discipline and every other person undergoes discipline, that was Hebrews 12, it says then you are an illegitimate son or daughter. The Bible says that God disciplines everyone he accepts as a son. So in this case, God wanted to prove further a new dimension of sonship in the life of Job and he allowed Satan, Satan's attack over Job was going to be as a response to God highlighting Job to him. Don't forget that. So the scripture says, um, Job, Satan began to say to God, look, the reason why he's fine with you is because you've put a hedge around him. There's nothing really there to test how committed he is to you because you've made every situation for him favorable. So later, throughout the situations, you know, Job is hit with all kinds of issues. And this is one of his discourse. He continued his discourse. Look at what he says. How I long for the months gone by. How I long for the months gone by. What happened? For Activity. What happened? How I long for the months gone by. Have you ever been in a position when you feel like time has just escaped you? 
Talk to me now. When it feels like time has just escaped you, activity. Activity brought you to a place where you no longer governed time. And I want you to think about what I've just said to you. Activity, all kinds of noise, all kinds of activities brought you to a place where you were no longer the governor of time. Because if you were a governor of time, you would know what to do per time. Months will not just escape you. Do you see what Job complained here? How time escaped him. How I long for the months gone by. When? For the days when God watched over me. For the days when God watched over me. This is leadership. You know, it's leaders that give account for people. God was the one that gave account over Job. Job in this discourse thought that God no, long, no longer was given account for him. It wasn't the case, but this... This lack of knowledge, this ignorance that Job had was to speak to us. Don't ever forget that PT said that scriptures or the men we find in scriptures are only meant to serve as examples to us. For the days when God watched over me, verse 3. When his lamp shone on my head. When his lamp shone on my head, yeah. And by his light, I walked through darkness. And by his light, I walked through darkness. I'm going to stop it here so that we can move to a scripture, but I want you to keep this in mind. When his lamp shone on my head, and by his light, I walked through darkness. Job got to a place where he began to account his prosperity, not to his brilliance, but to the light that governed him. And what was he longing for at this point? That if he's going to escape this turmoil or this discipline or this hardship and ever get the chance to taste prosperity again, he's going to have to bring before God a plea. What would be the plea? The rearrangement of light. He was going to have to ask God to rearrange the light that causes him to prosper over his head. Maybe read verse 3 again actually. Sorry. When his lamp shone on my head. Don't forget he said he longed for those days. So these days were no longer the, the case. Or he believed that was the case. It was no longer the case now. When his lamp shone over my head. On my head. And by his light. I walked through darkness. Verse 4. Oh for the days when I was in my prime. The days in which the light of God led his house. Those were the days of Job's prime. Job's prime was not because he was well behaved. It was because he was led. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime. Yeah. When God's intimate friendship blessed my house. You know, I don't want to get into this, but it's just come to my heart. You think about when I read to you the other day. When it was said of the son that he was faithful in all his house. Do you know what can distract you? from leadership leading you know leading responsibility can distract you from followership it can so what was the activity that caused the days of God being his leader be a thing of yesterday the, it was the activity or the growing activity of his house Please don't forget that. It was the growing activity of his house. Now listen to me. Was the growth of activity in his house wrong? No. When God blesses you, as he will bless this family, as he is blessing this family, what will happen? Your house will grow. 
the power of the people that are made up there will grow. Your resources will increase. Yet you must know that the same house that God is committing to you, when I'm talking about a house, I'm talking about people. I'm talking about generation. I'm talking about God's entrustment to you. When these things grow, you must also be aware that these things can be served as distractions. If you do not keep at the forefront of your mind the light that leads you. Oh, for the days when I was in my prime, yeah? When God's intimate friendship blessed my house. Let's look at some of the effects of the prosperity that came. Go on. When the Almighty was still with me. He was with me and with my children were around me, yeah? When my path was drenched with cream. He was drenched in prosperity. It wasn't a little bit here, a little bit there. There was an overflow. He was totally soaked in the blessings of God simply because he who led him was the Lord the light of his life so I want us to pause there you can read this in your own time I don't want us to take long tonight but I want you to pay attention that what was Job's plea in this discourse the rearrangement of light over his life so let's start tonight with Genesis 1 in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, yeah? Now the earth was formless and empty. You've seen this situation. It's been spoken to us. Now the earth was formless and empty, yeah? Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Darkness was over the surface. It was over the surface of the deep. It functioned. It ruled. It was prevailing. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Look at what it says. And God said. As a response to this, as a result of the darkness, and in order to respond, he introduced light. He said, let there be light. And there was. There was light. Look at what it goes on to say. God saw that the light was good. Yeah. And he separated the light from darkness. He separated the light from the darkness. Yeah. God called the light day. He given a name to light, but he also gave a name to night. He gave a name to light, day, and he gave a name to darkness, night, because both of their functions are important to God. Both of the functions, the function of light, the function of day, was both needed by God. God never said there was a problem with darkness. I hope you do know that. In the beginning, he didn't say there was a problem with darkness. He didn't show that there was a problem with darkness, but he wanted to show an alternative. But carry on reading. I want us to get to some things quickly. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. Yeah. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. The first day, yeah. And God said, let there be a vault between the waters. To separate water from water. Uh -huh. So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. Yeah. And it was so. Think about this scripture. So there's water below. There's water above. What stops the water from above weighing down on us? In between is a vault. So vault keeps things in place. Yeah? Keep that in mind also. Keep reading. 
So God made the vault and separated the water under the vault from the water above it. Uh -huh. And it was so. God called the vault sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. Mm -hmm. And God said, let the water under the sky be gathered to one place and let dry ground appear. And it was so. God called the dry ground land and the gathered waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. So stop here. You're going to come back to the scripture. Let's also move to Matthew chapter 5. I don't want to speak long, but I want to get a point through to you and allow the Spirit of God to mobilize us. You are the light of the world, yeah? A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So let's put this all together and begin to think. God addressed darkness or darkness called for something. You know, there's certain times in our lives where we get into situations that begins to call for more call for solution God is the one that the scriptures often describes as being hidden by great darkness you do know scripture says that you know he is light hidden around in the midst of darkness yeah you're, talking, you're listening to me as if you've never heard that before it's in scripture he's hidden by great darkness but he's in the midst of darkness as light so there are certain situations that we are faced with that God actually allows in our lives to bring out a greater version of us. He caused situations to happen in our communities, in our houses, wherever people are, only to cause something out. So in the way that we cannot say we've heard the audible voice of God outside of leadership, but we see how God speaks through nature. I actually want to say to you that as much as it was God who said, let there be light. I want to almost say to you that darkness called for light. You know, when you see, so I showed a video to some people. When you see situations like that, do you know that there's certain problems that are calling for people that can help them? In case you still don't understand what I'm saying to you, remember that the Bible says that God heard the moaning, the groaning, the suffering of his people, the Israelites, under the rulership of, it, of the Egyptians. And he responded to their groans. So it wasn't that God, as an individual almost, just randomly said, let me address this situation. The problems of the Israelites in Egypt called for a liberator. Called for somebody that was going to save them. Do you understand this thought pattern? So again, darkness called for light. Darkness called for light. Why is that important? The Bible is going to show us. It says, first, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Yeah? Neither do people light a lamp. Neither do people light a lamp. Yeah? And put it under a you bowl. You don't take a lamp. You don't take light and hide it under a bowl. It's for a specific purpose. Darkness, in this case, called for someone to set, set up a lamp. You don't understand. So it was, it was years, centuries of people having to live in darkness. And darkness actually appealed to mankind, produce light. 
I'm saying to you that God is bigger than an individual hidden somewhere. Everything is in God. So sometimes your situation is God speaking. Just like it's your situation speaking. You can see on one end that is God speaking. You can see on the other end that is your situation speaking. Either or, it's still God. So it says that there are certain situations that call for light. Instead, they put it on its stand. Why? Because it has a purpose. What is the purpose? And it gives light to everyone in the house. Did you see that the light, the lamp, you know, there's a dimension of you called darkness that was selfishness. You know, P.T. said that the highest form of darkness is selfishness. Please, I want you to follow me with this. It says the highest form of darkness is selfishness. A life that only thinks about itself. A life that has not been illuminated in the fact that it's meant to be generous to all. So it says, it says here, neither do people light a lamp or put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand. And what is the purpose of it? And it gives light to everyone in the it house. It does not give light to itself alone. There's a form of you called light that addresses a generation. It addresses a people. So there was a life before I met PT that was darkness. I was focusing on me. It was driven by selfishness. It's still a life. And God still has to give it a name. Meaning that it has its own function and purpose. But when you're introduced for a certain purpose, you realize that your function is not for light for you alone, but it gives light to everyone in its house. So look at what verse 16 says. In the same way. In the same way. What does it say? Let your light shine before others. It says in the same way. Permit your life to shine. Why do we know that this is light or life? We'll go to John in a moment. It says in the same way. Permit. Allow your life to be beneficial to all. Do not look for yourself alone. Think. Strategize. Position yourself where it can be of benefit to people beyond you. So there are certain situations. Sometimes there's a lack of finances that you are experiencing. That situation is not to destroy you unless you give up. That situation is only calling for you to address a situation for a people. Do you understand that? It's only calling for you to address a situation for a people. So in that case, when you started to suffer or when you started to experience a, a resistance in the flow of finances, saying to one of the brothers, it means that there's only new coming. Why? Because your struggle is only to make you like everybody else. You are meant to address a struggle that is beyond you. It's for everyone. I told you that when I've come today to mobilize, you thought I'm going to talk about seed. I'm only speaking a word for maybe one or two people. Only speaking a word that will mobilize you from your inner man. That there's first a life called darkness that is driven by selfishness. You're afraid for yourself. You restrict yourself to yourself because you don't want things to happen. You hoard your life to yourself. But there's more for you. Don't do that here. It's more for you. 
there's more for you to give out to the world because a light is not placed on a stand to give light for only one person. It says it lights, it gives light to everyone in the house. So it says in this same way, live a life that shines for everyone. Live a life that shines not only for you. So this is not a way of prosperity for me. This is a way of prosperity for a generation. My struggle was only a core for a generation. In the same way, let your light shine. Permit. Allow your light to shine before others. It did not just say let your light shine. But you see what's interesting about this is that light either way shines. So how do you permit your light to shine? Do you understand my thought there? Naturally, it doesn't matter how small the light is, it shines. So when it was speaking about its shining process here, it's talking about something more. John chapter 1, let's read it quickly. From the beginning. In the beginning was the word. Again, we go back to the beginning. In the beginning was the word, yeah. And the word was with God. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Yeah. He was with God in the beginning. Yeah. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. Uh huh. In him was life. In him was life. Imagine in us there is life. And that life was not life for me alone. That life is light for all mankind until situations open your mind to see that your struggle is a struggle of a generation there's an element of life that you cannot permit to shine because that light only comes to address a people only comes to address a generation i don't care what your struggle is or what it is that you find yourself battling to get out of I don't care if it's a financial issue or a personal issue. Either way, that situation was only beckoning or calling out for a type of life that is hidden in you that addresses a generation. We're talking about seasons of lights. In him was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. Verse 5. The light shines in the darkness. Do you see this? Light again shines either way. Because that's its function. Light does not bring darkness. It shines. So when it says permit your light to shine before others, it's actually asking you to thrive. It's telling you the place where you thrive. Because if I light lights where there's lights, I cannot thrive. So God tells us that actually your design, what brings out the best of you, it's when situations look like it's closing in on you. You know, I believe that there's something that God needed us to learn from a man like Samson. That's why even his short thoughts did not make God say, let me omit him. Let me remove him from the scriptures. There's a certain godliness that comes out of provocation. I've said this to you before. When it looks like everything is closing in on him, there's a light, there's a life that starts to come out so sometimes God needs you to get into a situation you're giving you gave before and then it's like after you gave it's like God permits another form of darkness this darkness is thick he permits it to close in on you 
only to provoke the light that addresses a generation to come out. The light thrives in darkness and the darkness cannot overcome it. The darkness cannot comprehend it. The darkness does not understand how there's something still in you. So I don't see situations that destroy me. I see situations that gives birth to a new version of me. I see situations, I see problems that God, I've just, I've decided to be stubborn, arrogant if I have to, to not believe that my life is like an, another person. I believe I'm caught, meaning that what brought down another person cannot bring me down. What brought down Saul cannot bring down David because David is caught. Every situation was only going to bring out a new version, a better version. The darkness tried to consume him, yet we would discover in that darkness that was a, there was still a new system of creation of finances in you. You just had to allow darkness because God allows that darkness. He gave it a name, meaning he gave it a purpose, a function. That function was just to bring a better version of a Pastor Enrique, a better version of a Pastor Tony, a better version of a Pastor Marion out. You have to embrace that darkness. You have to know that when it causes confusion for the world, for you, it helps you to evolve. The light thrives. It shines in the darkness. So what happens to a light that you put among lights? It cannot thrive. It cannot shine. You almost don't see it. Yes, we recognize it as light, but it is not a direction for anybody. It does not illuminate the way for anybody. It's just existing. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Do you want to read something? Go for it. Please give him the mic. Go on. A light that thrives in the depths of darkness. I didn't even know it says that. What, verse, what version is this? Voice. Voice. Read it from verse 4 for me. His breath filled all things. His breath filled all things. Yeah. With a living. Yeah. Breathing light. A light that thrives in the depths of darkness. The, a light that thrives. Where? In the depths of darkness. Like the beginning. Until the darkness was over the deep. There was no situation calling for light. There are certain situations that has to bring you until it, it, it almost brings you to a place where it looks like nothing's working. There's no way out of it. It's only circumstances, situations, functions named by God. I said to you, I don't think darkness was a problem because God gave it name. He gave it a name. He says, you have a function. He says, you have a function, darkness. It's to cause my light to thrive. So read it again for me, verse 5. A light that thrives in the depths of darkness, yeah? Blazes through murky bottoms. Yeah? It cannot and will not be quenched. Do you see that? Why we cannot give up? It doesn't matter how thick the darkness is. It doesn't matter how problematic the situations surrounding you are it cannot and will not be able to quench you it actually supports you darkness supports light actually darkness is the foundation for light light stands on it in order for it to be visible so I'm actually saying to you today, when we say seasons of light, you have to understand that if it's a season of light, how do you indicate it? it looks like darkness is prevailing? 
When is it your season? When it looks like darkness is prevailing. That's from your weakness. That's from situations that are addressing you or confronting you unfairly. That's God saying to you, it's your season. It's your season. Because light can only thrive in darkness. The only way that light can be quenched is if you take it out. If you put it out. So this is the reason why we have to speak the word constantly to one another because God is trying to make us see life from a different perspective. Because if our perspective is set right, we will address it properly. I will not cower or run away from darkness. Actually, because I know that light thrives in darkness, I will reposition, my, reposition sorry, myself where darkness is. That's soul winning, influence. Putting yourself in a place that is dark, it looks like you're one out of many. It looks like you're not even made for it. But it's there that you begin to thrive. A certain life comes out of you. If we say that we want to start mobilizing for the movement church, what we are asking from soldiers, from lieutenants, from all the leaders is reposition yourself where you can thrive. You cannot thrive in the church. You cannot be standing where lights are, calling darkness to come. They, don't fully, they cannot fully realize who you are because you're in the midst of great light. You're in the midst of many lights. So they cannot fully realize who Josh is. But perhaps a Josh will reposition himself in the midst of darkness and begin to mix. Eventually they will start to see who Josh is clearer. They start to realize who he is. They start to realize who you are. And then people will have cause or reason to follow you and I. So when we're saying applying or um, mobilizing people for the movement church, I'm saying we have to get out. How many times do we have to say this to one another? We have to allow the words to force us to be in the position where darkness is so that people can fully realize who Beryl is. If Beryl is hesitant on pushing herself onto a platform like Instagram that is darkness, it's a platform for light. You know, we used to run away from social media because we see all kinds of crap there. But I realized that the foundation for light is darkness. The platform for light is darkness. So I have to reposition. I have to have the guts. I have to have the courage to put myself there. Knowing that it's uncomfortable and foreign to me, but I know that God designed the two, light and darkness, so that a certain purpose can be achieved. The light that shines, the light that thrives in darkness. I don't need you reading or prophesying to me. I need you to be a voice to a generation. When darkness, start to when darkness starts to address or attack an allure house, you have to understand that that's not to, um, to quench you. That's not to put you out. That's actually a foundation that God is giving you to stand on. A platform to stand on. So what should a law house be doing? Sending more light. They should be sending more light out. Keep showing the excellence of what you do. Keep giving out to the world. Because by your generosity, a generous man will still stand. By the generous schemes he devises, he will still stand. Darkness was never there to take you out. Darkness was there to tell you to stand up and shine. Permit it to be 
that your life shines because there's a light that addresses a generation that cannot come out of you until darkness looks like it's closing in on you. Realize there's no situation that we're in that's, uh, that is lacking favor. Don't care if someone's incarcerated or someone is out free. Every darkness is a darkness for light to shine. I know the address I'll say to somebody or to people, keep speaking because you're light. If people can see you and say, you're not meant to be here, they're trying to tell you the darkness preaches to you too. Darkness preaches that maybe you can be the salvation for us because light sometimes also has a time to function. That's why I have to call it seasons of light that no man lives forever in this body. He's given a time to shine. So sometimes you're in a situation for a period of time. It's for a period of time for you to shine there. Joseph had to be light even in the prison. He had to be. Because there was a light that needed to be shone there. The light shines. It thrives in darkness. That's why I want to submit to you. The light shines. It thrives in darkness. So you understand why First of all, the light we must always look towards is the light of leadership that guides us. That's what enables us to prosper in our way. Two, you know, sometimes we look at situations and we don't, God said to us, as the earth is from the heaven or the heaven from the earth, so is my mind, the way I think, my thoughts. That's the distance of thoughts I have. So sometimes we sit, see situations and we quickly address it as a problem. Even I've done this. We address it as a problem, but God was speaking to us the word sent. It may make no sense, but light's duty is to give light to everyone. Oh, are you hearing what, I'm, what you thought was a problem for you was only to bring a light to a system called everybody. It was to bring a light to a generation. If you are not positioned there, people will continue to sit in great darkness. But they are meant to have seen a great light. I think God is saying to us, we should have the guts to reposition ourselves. Get out of the church. Get out of the four walls that's become a place of comfort for us and go into where you as Aussie can thrive. So look at this. Do you have something you want to read, any of you? Genesis chapter 1 again. From verse 14. From verse 12, sorry. The land produced vegetation. Yeah. Plants bearing seed according to their kinds. And trees bearing fruit with seed in it according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. And God saw that it was good, verse 13. And there was evening. And there was evening. And there was morning. Yeah. The third day. Verse 14. And God said. And God said what? Let there be light. He said there was light. First comes leadership. Then comes a generation out of that leadership. He says, let there be lights. He first said, let there be light. Then he said, let there be light in the vault. Of the sky to separate the day from the night. You know, I told you to think about a vault, right? Let's get definitions of, or yeah, definitions of vaults. What is a vault? Let's not assume that we know. I'll read one of the ones I saw as well, but find me some. 
So you understand why I said this is the word used to mobilize us today is seasons of light. Again, not the season of light or seasons of light. It's seasons of light, meaning that there are many seasons for many lights. Read whatever you have. It doesn't matter. I know there's some that says it's an arch. Just keep reading, Dora. A large room or chamber used for storage. Do you see that? A vault, it's a large room. You know, one day Christ started to say to his disciples, in my father's house, there are many mansions. He's speaking, you know, it's, we've never understood how a mansion can be in a house. Yeah? One of the things we can understand from that is that God has a storage. He has a storehouse. We have seen it through scriptures that he who does not, he tells us to sow without storing, but he has a storage. What for? Money. No. People. God stores people for a time. Read the definition you've got. A large room. A large room, yeah? Or chamber used for storage, especially an underground one. Go on. Anyone? A, a roof in the form of an ark or a series of arches, typical of churches and other large formal Keep buildings. Keep reading, Dora. I'll read the one I've got, so Dora, you don't need to go. It says, a room or compartment for safekeeping of valuables. So a vault was God separated things, but then he had a storehouse that addressed times. Read verse 14 for me. And God said, let there be lights in the vault of the sky. I've sent a light, but let me store up lights in this vault, in this storehouse. Yeah? To separate the day from the night. To bring an alternative. Yeah? And let them serve as signs to mark sacred times and days and years. Do you understand this scripture? Men that were stored away to mark seasons. You know, so it was times like scripture would say, have you noticed scriptures will say things like in the days of a whole season, a whole generation marked by a man. We have seen how for the last 17 years, London has been marked by the season of Pastor Toby. Now God is saying to us, now I'm calling you out. So that you can mark seasons. So there was a time. So what you have to be asking yourself is. In my season. In the season that I'm meant to mark. The season that I mark. What will be the record? What will be the account of that season? So as bad as he was. Was also a season. But it was said in his season. That people were in distress. In discontentment. In all kinds of debt. But then there was another season that God was preserving. He kept safe. He kept in a storehouse. He kept because it was valuable to him. And this valuable will be used specifically to mark a certain season. So when God wanted to change the debt, the distress, the discontentment of a people, he had to draw out another man that announces a season. 
I'm trying to tell you that when PT sent us out as the movement church, when you hear the word and the word causes you to rise, it's actually life or God calling out a season, a new season, announcing a new season for a people. You want to read something? Go Another on. Another definition. Go on. A strong room. A strong room, yeah? For the safe deposit and storage of valuables. For the safe deposit deposit and the safe um, carriage or whatever of valuables. What is God saying to us? You have been kept so yes. Why well, I wanted you to still read that arches are seen in churches is because the church is the storehouse. But you are, it's there under the light that you are made to be lights. Do you remember he first said, I am the light of the world. But whoever believes me will have the light. I think that's John 8 or so. It says they will have the light. So we came into the house and the word began to bring out lights to us. But God is saying that now I send you out to mark a new season. So until you rise, everything stays the same because you announce the next season where young people are struggling financially or struggling in all kinds of bondage, sin or mental illness, God then draws out another star. God then draws out another light saying, it's now your season. Now thrive. You want to read something? Go on. John 8 verse 12. Yeah. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, yeah? But will have the light of life. But will have the light of life. So simply put tonight, what I want to say to you is that God has, is sending us out as seasons. You are lights. What you have to allow then is, yes, there are all kinds of problems, but these problems were made to give you a foothold. It's meant to give you an advantage in the world. You are not like the world. You are caught. Do you understand? You know, it looks like, and I think it was Pastor Onyo, whoever was saying it, when you look into the light, into the night sky, it looks like darkness is still prevailing. It looks like you can almost, if you pay attention, almost try to count light. Meaning that darkness is more in number than light. So God called you. You heard the word of God. He called. He said, let there be lights. That was the call that brought you out of darkness and stored you up for a time. Yet what God stored you up was to deliver you out to the world as a season. I understand that I'm a season. I understand that you are a season. But you can only realize that fully the moment you allow yourself to thrive. How do you thrive? Step into the darkness. Dare to go inside dead. Do not try to please us anymore by being the good Christian. Forget what it is. In and out, you are light. Don't let the world tell you otherwise. Do not let your mind tell you otherwise. You are light. That's the only reason why you're here and you're listening to the word of God. God actually set men depicting seasons. So a Remy is actually a season. She's not just Remy. As far as she remains living the, the life of darkness, which is selfishness, she won't realize that she's a season. She, she will not realize that she's a change, the announcement of a change of season. So we came and I realized the reason why we couldn't do church the way everybody was, was because we were actually people that God stood up to announce a new way of doing church. 
God made us different and church tried to make us as darkness but we couldn't even if they tried because your making your very makeup is light what is it that you want to read I want to close here verse 12 in the message go on Jesus wants Jesus once again addressed them I am the world's light no one who follows me stumbles around in the darkness I provide plenty of light to live in I provide plenty of light to live in. So let's finish off once more with verse 14 of Genesis. Then we worship. And then I'll let you go and enjoy your evening. Genesis chapter 14. Read it in a maybe message. What were we seeing here today? God started to arrange light. It was the arrangement of lights in order to mark seasons. So every arrangement... When PT says now there's a hope church, there's a freedom church, there's a movement, it's an arrangement to mark and announce new seasons. So do not look at yourself as others. You are the one that announces what's new. Don't forget also that the darkness that seems like it's closing in on you has a function of bringing out a new level of light that we don't know. Maybe in you there's a new system of finances that will benefit everyone. Maybe make friends with that darkness. Do you understand what I'm saying? I understand that scripture says, what does light have to do with darkness? But you understand the context of what I'm saying here. That you know that darkness is something that does not swallow you in. It's actually a platform. God spoke. Lights, come out. He said, lights, come out. Yeah. Shine in heaven's sky. Yeah. Separate day from night. What would you do with that? Mark seasons. Mark seasons and days and years. So I'm saying we have to understand as the wealth family, as the part of the movement church, you have to understand, do not look for your partner to do the work. It's our work to do. If we shine, maybe we mobilize others to start shining. Because the instruction is that you have to permit it to be. Do you understand that? It still lies in your power to cause yourself to shine. So I need everyone, everyone, as we're getting ready for movement church. For us, there's never a time that we should not pack out venues. Hoping that we find maybe one or two. Maybe others that God is trying to store up again. To announce them later as a season also. It's our duty to go and win souls. It's our duty to keep raising seed. These things are the things that are causing us to shine. So how do we shine? Get out into the world. Everyone should be saying, I'm bringing 10 people. There's things we say publicly. You should be saying, I must be able to shine to 10 people. I must be able to say, stop doing this thing of just come, come. Go and get them. Go out and get them. That's what God is saying. Unless you are not allowing your light to shine by staying among lights, if you're going to thrive, get out into the darkness. He said, speak. He said, lights come out. Shine in heaven's skies. Separate day from night. Mark seasons. So as David marked a season, God raised you to mark seasons. This is what God is saying to us tonight. And this is all I wanted to share with you tonight. So I want us to join Livingstone Nation and worship. And why do we do these things? It's not because this is practice of church. When I'm worshiping, I'm honestly trying to almost psych up myself. I understand that God is not hidden away. God is in me. 
So I have to allow words to provoke God. I have to allow situations to provoke God. So I don't care how darkness, in what form darkness came. Just if you know your light and that is darkness, see to it that this is a place to project you. This is a place, this is an opportunity to lift you. Do not hide and shy away from darkness. Use it as a platform. Livingstone Nation, let's worship all together as we convince and build a resolve saying, I'm bringing three people, I'm bringing five people, I'm bringing ten people. You're just getting your souls ready. I want you to worship wherever you are.